Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for just another opportunity to gather together as the body of Christ. Uh, Lord, I'm thankful, I'm grateful for just an opportunity to be together and to hear from you, uh, to look into your word and to just consider the, the journey of Mary and Joseph, these faithful ones um, that said yes to you, even though it was an unusual calling. And we see that it brought forth the greatest gift that could ever be given uh, that's you, Lord Jesus. You came into the world through the Virgin Mary. And I'm asking that you, by your spirit, would speak to us in personal ways, um, illuminate scripture, and even encourage us in our own journey, in our own prophetic journey. Lord, let this story speak to even issues we're going through and will go through as we seek to honor you and remain faithful to you. So Holy Spirit, we call on you tonight to uh, illuminate truth. Uh, give us ears that hear. Lead us and guide us into truth. Lord Jesus, we recognize that it's the truth that makes us free. And so Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, lead us and guide us in that direction tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Okay, like I said, in about a few seconds, we're going to have a four-year-old be bouncing up those stairs, so buckle up here. They will be on their way in, and they will have lots of sugar because mom took them to Dollar Tree. It was part of the secret Santa thing that we're doing, so every night there's something fun leading up to the big day, and tonight was going to Dollar Tree night, so, but we're calling this... Um, this message is Mary and Joseph, the prophetic journey of faithfulness to God. Uh, and I do want to highlight two weeks ago, Mandy, my wife, spoke to the issue of being faithful to the Lord. And I thought that was such a great sermon. We're going to get that posted. Uh, it'll be out there. Uh, if you go to the website, there's, there's kind of a name plate for it, but that'll be posted soon. But it was such a, a stirring message for me, um, just seeking to be faithful not just for a season, but I want to be faithful to the Lord my whole life. And so I loved that message. And so this is kind of in a similar vein is, is um, how do we be faithful to God? I have here in the introduction, there's three couples. There's three um, uh, families, I guess you could say. They became families that are kind of the preeminent examples of an incredible miracle took place. And you see this at these very strategic fulcrum points, I call it. A fulcrum point is kind of the, the, the point at which something hinges 
like kind of on the door hinge, when there's these massive redemptive fulcrum points, it involves a man and a woman in an impossible situation having a baby. And I pondered that the last couple of weeks, like, Lord, why is it always when you're doing something of incredible significance, there's a child involved and, and yet there's no ability to make it happen? Like, why is that? And so we see from the earliest points of redemptive biblical history, we see Abraham and Sarah. We know the story. God told them to go to this land, so Abraham leaves, doesn't know where he's going, and God promises them a, a child in their old age. They were so old that they laughed. Sarah literally laughed at God when, uh, when the, the, you know, the heavenly visitors were talking to Abraham and Sarah's in the tent and she's laughing, going, what? Is, this is not possible. I'm, I'm elderly at this point. And God says, you laughed at me. Why'd you laugh? And she's like, I didn't laugh. And he says, no, you did. They had a little argument. It was funny. I'm like, God, you, you do that? You, you kind of, anyway, so that happened. And despite them being past the years of, of childbirth, um, just as it was spoken in that circumstance, the, the person said to Abraham and Sarah, this time next year, you'll have a baby. And they did. And uh, so that kind of started the whole, you know, promise to Abraham, I'm going to give you a son and I'm going to make of you a great nation like the stars of the sky. And there was no way to make it happen. They were too old, but God made it happen because he can do anything. He can, he's the God of the impossible. So fast forward as we start to move into the new covenant. There's two couples, they're not just one, there's two couples that have this miraculous birth experience. And so there's Abraham and Sarah who were elderly. They were, they, there was no chance of having children because they were too old. Then there's uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth. You remember the angel went to them first and said, you're going to uh, give birth. And Elizabeth's like, I'm barren, I can't. So Elizabeth's barren. She has a child, and that was John the Baptist. And then the angel goes to Joseph and Mary. And so there is a, an incredible story way back here, you know, thousands of years ago with Abraham and Sarah. And so that kind of starts a, a long just journey of, you know, the multiple generations and stories of the people of Israel becoming who they are. And we kind of track that for, you know, it's, it predates Abraham and Sarah, but they were kind of the main characters there. But you get, you know, you go thousands of years and then you get to, like I said, the new covenant. And it's like God doubles down saying, I am going to a new level of redemptive history. And almost to show that there's not going to be one miraculous birth, there's going to be two. And I think that is so, when God's really moving, he does these miracle births. I, I just think only God would think to do that, but he did. But I would like to take some, some Friday night and develop all three, but we only have time to look at Mary and Joseph tonight. I do this about every Christmas season, 
I do at least one message on Mary and Joseph and their journey, but I try to take a different angle every year because I just love this story. Because I think if there's anybody in the Bible that had the craziest calling that we could glean from, I think it's this, this couple right here. They had probably the most unusual prophetic journey in all of Scripture, Mary and Joseph. There he is. There's our four. <laughs> Didn't get enough candy at the dollar I love that boy so much. So we all know this story, so I won't rehash it too much. But uh, before Mary and Joseph um, had become married... The angel comes to them and promises them uh, there's going to be this birth. Before I get into Scripture, I do want to just highlight that, that really where I'm going tonight is it's my hope that you'll hear this journey and you will be able to go, wait, they probably questioned their journey. I questioned my journey too. Okay, I can relate to that. Or they had fearful trials, and so do I, and so let's see how it turned out with them. Or, you know, they had these perplexing prophetic messages that they were given, and they had to wrestle with those, and, and so do I. And, and so there's a lot to relate to, so uh, I'm, I'm just kind of pointing you to this story because we tend to just kind of, you know, this time of year we go to church, Jesus was born, woo, let's get presents, and we don't often think about this is a crazy story and so i want to i want to dive into it a little bit uh, i want to read a little bit of luke so this is under number two the the prophetic nature of the promise god promised mary and joseph a baby and that's the promise I'm talking about. There was a promise of a child. God spoke to them in very unusual ways. And just to kind of set this up, Mary and Joseph probably didn't have a whole life of prophetic encounters. They probably were just like me and you. That You know, Mary's a teenager, likely. Uh, Joseph's maybe a little older, maybe not. So they're very young. Traditionally, you're you could be as young as 13, 14 years old and be betrothed in ancient Jewish culture. And so maybe you're a little older, maybe not. We don't know the age. It doesn't tell us. But there's a very high likelihood that these are teenagers betrothed to one another. And they just want a life where they have a family and they do what their parents did. And they just, they're in a little, you know, out of the way place. They're not in... New York City or Paris or some famous, obviously it's 2,000 years ago, so it wasn't around yet, but, you know, they're, they're just in a humble location. They probably just want to be faithful to the God of Israel. They're not thinking anything about what's about to happen, in, in my opinion. There's no indication in Scripture about that. And I thought about this. Maybe, you know, one day Mary was at synagogue and she heard the verse about the virgin giving birth and maybe her heart came alive and she's like, why does that verse strike me? I don't, I don't know if that happened and maybe it did. Maybe that verse jumped out, you know, as that she was hearing that as a child. We don't know. But these are just two very normal people. And 
Here we go, Luke chapter 1, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, not just any angel, Gabriel. Gabriel only appears a couple times in Scripture. He's appeared to Daniel. He's appeared a couple times. He comes to this young, unwed Jewish teenager in Galilee. She's betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, the angel says this. Imagine this. You're just sitting there in your house. And the angel Gabriel says, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Okay, she did what I would have done. And when she saw him, she was troubled. At his saying, oh my gosh, what is happening? You know, that's what I would have done. And considered, she says, uh, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Okay, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. Okay, you'll notice that when you read Bible stories, when angels show up, they always say that. Don't be afraid because people literally tremble when angels show up. When you have a real angelic experience, it's not like, yay, cool. No, almost every single time an angel shows up in the Bible, people are genuinely horrified. They're terrified. Ah! And so, you know, I'm sure Mary, I, I've never seen an angel or anything like that, so I'm, I'm just taking the, the words of the Bible at face value. Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And behold, here it comes, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Can you imagine hearing that prophetic word from an angel? Can you honestly wrap your head around that happened to a human being? Can you imagine a teenager just wants to grow up and have a family one day find out I'm the person that Isaiah spoke of 700 years ago. I am that virgin. Okay, that's crazy. That's unthinkable. Now, who do you think believed her when she started to tell this story? Hey, guys, I just wanted you to know an angel showed up last night and told me I'm going to be pregnant by a miracle and give birth to the Son of God, the Messiah of Israel, whose kingdom will have no end. I'm the mom. Exactly zero people believed her, including her own betrothed fiancé. The moment this prophecy leads the mouth of Gabriel... And Joseph hears the story. What does he do? Talk to me. That's right. He's already thinking, oh my gosh, who did I get involved with? I thought she was spiritual, but now she's talking about giving birth to God by a miracle. Who's she messing around with? Who's she running with? What group did she join? Whose newsletter is she signed up for? What has gotten into her head? Friends, this story that we talk about every year, it's way beyond what we're thinking. The fact that God did this 
is inconceivable. It's incredible. He interrupted this young person's life who nobody knew, who was from Nowhereville, essentially, and said, this is the perfect person. This is not a queen of a nation. This is not the daughter of a conqueror or an emperor. This is not someone that you have read about. This is just a very godly, humble young lady. And I'm going to put my son inside of her by a miracle. If my wife came up to me and told me that story, I would do what Joseph did. I would go, hon, I love you. We're going to go talk to somebody. <laughs> Here's how good God is, though. God goes, okay, I can't leave Joseph hanging out to dry. I got to give him something. I joke about this a lot, but Mandy gets way more dreams. I'm like, Lord, can you just, I'm like, not far away. Can you just wave your hand farther or something? How did, you know, so he, he throws Joseph a bone. He gives, he didn't have to, but he's good. He's kind. He gives, so Mary gets the full blown encounter. Angels just standing there talking to her and she's just like, you know, what's happening? He gets the dream with the angel in the dream. And if you've had any kind of spiritual dream, the Lord has like this lever or this dial. And there are some dreams that you know the dial was turned up like way toward like this is really real. Like he can, you know, there's the pizza dream and so the believability is really low. And then there's the dreams where he's like, I'm going to turn up the conviction level or something and you just know this is genuinely God. It just, it's all the way dialed up. That was, it was probably one of those dreams where he's just like, oh, wow, it's real. And so he has that dream. We'll talk about that in a minute. But their life begins to take on a meaning that they could never have dreamed of. There's just no way you could plan for this. There's, I mean, God sometimes gives us hints throughout our life of certain things we're called to. But there's, there's times and there's moments and there's seasons where you just step into something that you just could not have ever thought of. And I think God, in a way, you know that whole idea of the lamp before my feet, the light to my path, there's some times where he just gives us enough light just to keep stepping. Because if he just showed us the whole thing, it, would just, it, it wouldn't be helpful. I, I, just, I highly doubt Mary kind of knew this was coming, but then it comes and I love her heart. She's having just, I can't even, I, I mean, like, Lord, if this happened to me, how, how do you respond right? You don't even have any way to prepare for it. But she literally just said, let it be to me according to your word. Now, we remember what happened when Zechariah had the encounter. He didn't believe. And so what did the angel say? You didn't believe me. You won't be able to talk. <laughs> you got to believe angels. And now we read the scriptures and we're like, but there's good and bad angels. I can't just believe anything that shows up in my room. Like, give, help us. But man, when Gabriel showed up, because you remember what Zechariah said, how do I know this is true? And you get the feeling Gabriel was like, dude, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of holy God. Since you didn't believe me, you won't be able to talk for a few days. How about that? I don't think he said it like that, but I just think it's a little humorous. So when he came back out of the, remember, he, it was his turn to go into the temple. And 
he had the encounter. So when he comes back out, he can't talk. And, you know, then they say his name's John and all that. But Mary's just cut from a different cloth. She just goes, let it be to me according to your word. I know this is God. There, there are, you know, there's the verse about how there's, uh, you know, the, the bad angels who dress up like an angel of light. We have to discern that. You know, I think the days ahead are going to have, the heavens are going to open. There's going to be way more stuff happening. We're going to have to discern, you know, different stuff. But there was just something about this encounter that she knew this is real. As crazy as it sounds. And her response was just let it be to me according to your word. I'm in. But she did question it. She questioned it. How can this be? Yeah, she, she's like, I don't have any idea. how. Can... So she's asking questions. Apparently you get to ask a few. And, and even the explanation was like, the Lord's going to overshadow you. And I'm just like, what? It wasn't like he explained biology very well in that moment. He just, the Holy Spirit's going to come and overshadow and the power of the highest. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. No. You know, you read that verse and you're like, that would have confused me way further. She's in. She and Joseph sign up. And... I want to encourage us all just to keep signing up. Um, life has many ups and downs. We're not going to probably ever experience a level of clarity of life calling as Mary and Joseph. But hang in there. And you just never know when God's going to speak and direct and give clarity and seek to obey that. You know, we don't just follow whatever dream we have. We don't go to the conference and hear prophecy and completely change our life every few days. But there are times where God really is speaking and expects us to obey and to discern and to be faithful. And again, I'm, I would never encourage people, yeah, go to a conference, get excited, hear something, you know, have someone tell you what you want to hear and then do I'm not talking about self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm not talking about getting excited and making bad decisions. But there are times where God steps into redemptive history and he says, here's, here's where you're going now. And you cannot think it, it couldn't happen to you. God may speak to you in assignment. He may come at this level of clarity. We don't know. But we keep our heart open to what, whatever he may seek. And, and for, for a lot of people, it's just he's given you just this subtle hints that you're moving from here to there. You're doing this. You're doing that. And you're just going through life, managing as best as you can. But there's times where he speaks clear. And we must trust him and we must obey. I'm not going to tell a bunch of stories tonight, but that's exactly what happened to Mandy and I 10 years ago to do House of Prayer. I mean, I, there's just an alarming amount of prophetic confirmations has happened. And we're just like, okay, this is clear. We're supposed to do this. It's looked different than what I thought, but this is what we're called to. Now, here's what people think. <clears throat> well, God spoke, and so it's going to happen. It's going to be easy. It's going to be fun. It's going to be cool. We make all these assumptions about when God speaks at a certain level of clarity. We make assumptions. But there's a perplexing nature to every promise God gives to his people. 
Here's where it says, And Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make a public example out of Mary, wanted to put her away. There's deep wrestling that Joseph went through. There's a wrestle that Joseph's family went through. There's a wrestle that Mary's family went through. There's a wrestle that the community went through. When God speaks at whatever level, there's things that we will always have to wrestle with. Just because you're confused or perplexed, don't give up. Joseph pressed in in that moment. God, I have no idea what to do. This is crazy. I want to get rid of this lady. I'll do it reverently so it's not a big ordeal. I want to do it discreetly. I want to honor her. But she's obviously crazy. I mean, that's what I'm thinking he's thinking because that's what I'd be thinking. But he pressed into it. An angel comes and appears. Joseph, son of David, I got you, man. Don't be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. What is conceived in her is genuinely from the Holy Spirit. That's how I would say that. This really is God, Joseph. Okay, all right. I was wrestling, but that helps. But I don't know if I want to follow it just because you showed up in a dream. But the again, the angel probably turned up that dial in that dream. That's how the Lord does things. So... Uh, and then he says, you'll bring forth a son, you'll call him Jesus, he'll save his people from their sins. They have no idea what he's talking about. I mean, I'm sure they do at some level. Certainly they're anticipating a Messiah. Certainly they're believing Old Covenant Scripture. They're hearing this regularly as part of you know, their Torah study and all that. But they're not thinking it's really going to happen to them like this. They're not thinking this. God just comes out of nowhere sometimes in our life, and you just got to be ready. He could do anything at any moment, and you could be a central figure in His purposes. It doesn't mean you'll be famous. It doesn't mean you'll get lots of money. It just means He shows up and has a purpose for you out of nowhere, seemingly. What's cool, though, and I'm going to just reiterate, it wasn't out of nowhere. Because He's already talking to Isaiah about this 700 years ago. He'd planned this from eternity past. And his old friends, the prophets, were hearing whispers of it. But now it's, again, I kind of mentioned maybe Mary had thought about that verse in Isaiah. But now that she has the encounter, now she's really interested in that verse. And she probably reads it and goes, that's me. Okay, I'm going to just say this. There are hints There are verses in Scripture that truly are about your life. I believe the Bible is about Jesus ultimately. But there is a lot of stuff in there that's for you. Okay, that the Holy Spirit, there's not just verses about Mary and Joseph. There's not just things, you know, there are prophetic words. There are Scriptures. There are life verses. There are things that as you're reading Scripture, they jump off the page. Pay attention to those. Because your, your destiny is wrapped up in there somehow. And there are many verses that I read and that's about Jesus or that's about someone else. And the Holy Spirit says, that's about you too. I've got you. It's all wound up in there. And so don't, you know, think about those things. There's a prophetic nature to the promise that God gives. There's a perplexing nature and there's perilous nature to it. 
don't worry, there's some more encouraging things coming. So Mary and Joseph, they get the prophetic word. They wrestle through it. They're like, okay, we finally accept that this is our calling. Matthew 2 rolls around. What does Herod decide to do? Herod's like, well, this is great news. There's a new king. Great. Let's celebrate and honor. Can you imagine being that insecure about a baby that you decree infanticide? That's what Herod did. This baby, the news of his birth so terrifies me, I'm going to kill every child two years and younger. It's what we call infanticide. He goes through with it. He has his henchmen go through all the land, break down every door. How old is your son? I just turned two. Dead. All of them. Every single one of them. There is, when, when God steps into humanity and begins to move at an elevated level, there is prophetic happening, there's perplexing happening, and there's true peril. A lot of people died because the Christ was born. A lot of children. And we ask, God, why would you allow that? Why is that? We'll find out those questions in heaven one day. There is no easy answer for all the evil in the world and what God allows and what He doesn't allow and why the enemy can do this. If I had that all figured out, I'm telling you, I'd be selling a lot of books. And that's for another discussion. There are, there are very good reasons why the enemy is allowed to do certain things, why... God allows certain things, but I will never have all the answers. No man will ever have all those answers. We have a little bit of insight. But all we do know is that God spoke again to this faithful young couple and said, Herod is on the prowl. Go to Egypt. Excuse me. Go to Egypt. Herod will seek to uh, the young child to destroy him. Um, the wise men tried to throw a curveball. Herod was furious about that, exceedingly angry. So he put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time when he determined from the wise men. So sometimes we think, okay, I'm going to hear from God. I'm going to get clarity and life's going to be good. No, life got really hard for Mary and Joseph. They were confused, they were perplexed, there's angels, there's dreams, there's probably family conflict, and now they want to kill him, they want to kill my baby, and other babies are dying, and it's because of our baby, and how do we feel about that, and there's just so much happening, so they have to literally leave the country. Incredible. I'm going to go probably not too much longer here, just FYI. There came a point where God said, Herod's dead. Everybody who was trying to kill your child is dead. You guys can come back. And there came a point. This is number five, the, the precious nature of the promise. God is faithful to do what he said. Despite all of that, Here we are in Luke 2, verse 7. 
I don't know how it fully happened. They're, you know, on their donkey or whatever. They're traveling, and she feels it, man. That, and I've had that happen five times in our family. There's just the day it happens. You're ready. It's getting closer. The belly's getting bigger. You know, I'm excited for you guys, David and Leah. <laughs> but then there's just the day. It's on. Mandy, oh, there you are. I, for some reason, didn't see you. Um, it's just, you just know now. You just, you know. The, the lady knows, right? The first one, we were like, we don't know, is it? And then uh, second one, third one, fourth. Moms, you, you know. Mary gave Joseph that look. She goes, Joseph, it's happening right now. And he's like, I can't Uber anybody. Like, we're, we're in the middle of a... We're, and so they try to go to the inn. We know the story. There's no room. So they go out to kind of the side room where the animals were or whatever. <laughs> and they give birth to their firstborn son. They give birth to Jesus the Christ, the Messiah of Israel, God in the flesh. They gave birth to him. Like God who has always been was incarnated in flesh and will forever be a human being. There it happened, right there. So for months since this announcement, there's been there's these promises, there's been these perplexing moments, there's been moments of peril, but now the baby's born. This is interesting to me that... There was no fanfare. There was no royal procession. There wasn't even room for them. And even there's even like a prophetic message even in the birth. Because not much has changed for 2,000 years. Many people still don't have room for this baby. And that really is the main problem with the world today is people just don't have room for Jesus. They got a whole lot going on and they don't really have time for this, this child. I tell you what, the smartest, wisest thing you can do is make room for that, that baby. Make room for him in your heart, in your family, in your ministry, in your business, in your life. Make room for him. Can you imagine the innkeeper or whoever was really the person that said, there's no room in here, whoever that was. Can you imagine for the rest of history, he's like, I'm that guy. I don't know how... How it happened, you know, we, we all see the, the book or we see the movie. I don't know if it was technically like a person, but it just said there was no room. And I'm sure they tried to get in, but someone probably said there's no room here. So go out there and ha whoever said that is mean. I just want to say that on record. Whoever put a pregnant teenager out in a barn or whatever it was, really. I know scholars have looked into that. It's whatever it was. Who sends a lady to give birth out in a bunch of hay? Like, that's crazy. But that's just the gospel. That's the story. There's so many just like, Lord, why would you subject yourself to that? He's like, I came so low. I didn't want any special privileges. I was just going to be this common person. Anyway, I, I get a little feisty because, man, you're, you're God and here you are. And you're just laying there in the manger and you know, we, we have cute little Christmas mangers, but that, that was a feeding trough. That's where the animals fed out of, and they're, they're, they laid their baby in there. And it's like, goodness, you're humble, Lord. 
Point being, this promise was fulfilled. And Mary and Joseph were the right people. They, they didn't place any demands. They didn't go to Rome and say, we are giving birth to God. We need a party. They're okay just being in the middle of nowhere in a feeding trough with their baby. <clears throat> what I think is interesting about uh, our journey is as dramatic as all that was. That's just the birth. That was just all to get the baby born. There's still so much that's about to happen. But we don't know much about it. We do know, and this is letter, uh, I'm sorry, number six, there's, there's this moment, according to the law, they go to the temple to have the, the baby dedicated. This is Luke 2.33. Joseph and his mother uh, were there with Simeon. Simeon begins to prophesy over this very young child, about eight days old. They go to the temple. You know, they're trying to do everything they're supposed to do in terms of, as I said, the law of Moses. And this old guy, uh, Simeon, just begins like doing the Lou Engel thing maybe. I don't know what happened there. But he just goes, oh, I've been waiting my whole life for this. God spoke to me that I wouldn't die until I saw the Lord's Christ. Now I can go in peace. That's what he says. And they're probably thinking, what? I mean, I know we had the angel in the dream and all this stuff come out of Egypt. But wow, here's another confirmation. And this is what Simeon says. <clears throat> he says, I bless you, Mary, your mother. Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. And he says this, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul. That the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Mary is probably listening to this going, oof, I don't know if I like that prophecy. A sword will pierce me. Now, we don't know anything about their family life. We know Mary and Joseph had many other kids. That's in Scripture. At least a couple sisters, at least a couple brothers, none of them believed that Jesus was the Lord prior to his uh, death and resurrection. And so it was just an ordinary family. You know, they, for many, many years, they just raised a family. But there's God. And he just keeps getting a little bit older every year. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then we see him there at the temple when he's about 12 or 13, and he's just blowing minds. He loses his family because his family went ahead of God. So they turn around to find him and he's just blowing heads. You know, he's just like saying things. They're just like, what? Your kid is incredible. And then they're like, where were you? Must not I be among my father's business? Or he says something really spiritual and they're just like, what? But that promise that was born grew up. And one day had to carry that cross. And Mary had to watch her promise be crucified. God promised her and Joseph that his kingdom would have no end. And there was a moment where she, like any mom, watching their son be executed under pretense. I mean, this man was holy. He never messed up. And Mary knew that, like mom knew. She watched her son be mercilessly tortured and murdered and crucified. 
And I'm sure that was the sword moment. Oh, I'm sure she had probably minor ones throughout his life. But there he dies. You know, and oh my gosh, like I thought I heard from God. And my goodness, like the angel said it. I, th I believed it. But what? You know, there's all this stuff happening. Three days later. <laughs> I love that. There's only one religious leader who died and resurrected and is still alive. And the good news is we worship him. You'll never die. You will always live. And when I say you'll never die, you'll never die forever. Though we die, we will live forever because of what this man did. Here's the thing. There is no way Mary knew all the ins and outs of her prophetic journey and what every sign meant. She probably had no idea that when the angels said his kingdom will have no end, that there would be this death and resurrection and then 2,000 years of church history and then a second coming. She probably had no idea. I mean, maybe she learned it. But this is just how God is, friends. He speaks in ways where he invites us into a lifelong journey that has many ups and many downs. But there is an enduring, there is a persevering nature to it. And we have to stay faithful. You know, we've... Um, not that this is... I'm not trying to make this about the house of prayer or something like that, but, you know... God asked us uh, a few years ago to just do a house of prayer. And there's many times where I've questioned, like, Lord, I thought this and that. And, and the Lord's like, yeah, that's, that's just how it is. You think one thing and it's actually another thing and you just hang with it and then something happens and it just keeps going. And so I don't know where you're at with your journey. I, I don't know what clarity God may have given you or But there's going to be times where he's going to speak to you. Give your heart to it. Wrestle with it. There's going to be things that you understand and things you don't understand. There's going to be moments where you're like, oh, this, what God has invited me into is going to be the end of me. And then you're going to find he's going to bring you through that. And then you're going to find there's going to be these birth seasons where what God spoke to you happens and it's alive and there's fruit. And then there's... There's the death and then there's the crucifying and then there's the resurrection. There's so much to the journey. And so just don't give up at year three or seven or nine or whatever. Keep being faithful to raise what God has promised to you. And I'm, I'm talking subjective promises. And so, you know, there's many biblical promises that we're hanging on to that are that are concrete, that are scriptural, but there's things that God whispers to our heart that are part of that. They're woven into that objective plan. Don't say it can't happen to you. You're one dream away. You're one encounter away. You're one moment of clarity away from God doing something way beyond what you've ever thought. Because everybody who thinks, well, that, that's cool for them, but it's never going to be me. Oh, don't ever say that because then you're a prime candidate. 
It's, it's always the people who are humble enough to assume, assume it's never going to be me. God's going to choose the other guy. They're way more talented. They're going to be awesome at... What did Paul say? Not many noble, not many wise, not many people who we would think God would choose are, are chosen. It's the commoner. It's the person in Bethlehem with absolutely no social standing. That's the, that's the woman and the man chosen to give birth to the Christ. I love how God chose 12 disciples. None of them were on like a, the A-list. Oh, you're a tax collector and everyone hates you. Perfect, come on in. Oh, your fishermen have no idea about theology. Come on in. Um, yeah, you're kind of smart. We'll take you. You know, he just, he does things so different. Friends, as we think about Christmas this year, as we think about the baby being born, I want you to think about just the journey that it, that, that involved and just the, the, the bigger picture and think about there's things God may call you to carry. Maybe years from now, maybe God will give you clarity this weekend, whatever it is. Like I always say, raise that baby. Do whatever he's called you to do to be faithful to that. There will be dirty diapers, okay? There will be messy seasons. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, I want to stand before the Lord and him say, well done. No one did it perfect. You didn't do it perfect. But you, you did well. Well done. We'll just end with that. Let me say a quick prayer and then we'll get together. And I know we want to pray for the real baby that's on the way <laughs> and we want to lift up Rachel as well we're gonna pray for all of us but uh but Lord we just Lord I just get excited when I talk about the journey that was involved to bringing forth the son of God Lord you use two very real people and we are real people called to carry your purposes in our generation. And I pray that you would help us to be faithful no matter what. Whether there's confusion about prophetic things or a perilous season or whatever's going on when there's moments of pain, remind us that it's worth it. That the things you promise will come to pass and they will endure. They will have an eternal impact. Help us to stay faithful to you. Help us to say, even as Mary said, let it be to me according to your word, Lord. Let us have that Joseph spirit who said, I don't understand, but I believe that heaven has spoken, so I will raise this promise. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. I ask for grace over every heart here in this room, every single person listening to this message. I ask for great grace for them to navigate their own prophetic journey because every journey is different in God glorifying in unique ways. Not one journey is exactly the same, Lord. So I pray for great grace on their journey. The ability to respond to what you're saying obediently in Jesus' name. Amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. 
If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.